Night racing is back at Richmond Raceway. This spring, top NASCAR drivers like Ryan Blaney, Chase Elliott, Bubba Wallace, Ross Chastain, and Virginia's own Denny Hamlin will battle under the bright lights. And this historic track also offers a rocking infield experience with unparalleled access to your favorite drivers and one of the best tailgate scenes around. For a weekend of friends, family, and amazing short track action, head to Richmond Raceway, March 29th through 31st. Get tickets now at richmondraceway.com. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. Have you seen a child struggling with school this year and wondered if it would be better to hold them back and repeat a grade instead of moving on? Welcome to episode 44 of Dyslexia Devoted, and today we're talking about factors to consider when possibly retaining a child, which is the proper term for holding them back a grade in school. So, in case you hadn't noticed already, my voice sounds absolutely terrible. Um, This week, I contemplated not even posting a new episode because, quite honestly, I got very sick with COVID. I definitely spent some time in a hospital. Thank goodness for modern medicine and IV treatments. I'm feeling a million times better, even if my voice does not sound like it. And I thought about not recording this week, but I am honestly sequestered to my bedroom, not really allowed to go anywhere, so what else am I going to do? And I already had a topic planned for this week, and a parent asked me a question asking about retaining a child possibly, so I decided to go ahead and record it anyway, so please forgive any breathiness um, or any windedness that you might hear in between sentences. I will edit out the best I can. But uh, it is what it is this week. I'm feeling much better, but boy, COVID is no joke. I avoided it for three straight years, which is more than almost every other human I know, aside from my mother, who's managed to not be sick, which is why I'm stuck in my bedroom, so that I don't also get her sick. Um, But boy, has it been a whopper of a week. I am on the mend and decided to stick to the regularly scheduled episode that I had planned for this week. Okay, so the question about retaining a child came up last week from a parent of a student who's in a really unique learning situation, and it was really great timing because this topic was already on my content calendar for the podcast. So as always, send me your questions. I absolutely love getting emails. In fact, the other day, I had only just barely gotten out of the hospital, and I got a very friendly, kind message from one of my episodes. So thank you, Isa. Your message actually was the greatest thing after I felt pretty crummy that morning when I woke up to see your email with such kind words. So thank you, Isa. So I am going to go ahead and start with my general rule, which is that holding a child back a grade rarely makes them do any better. Why? If the strategy didn't work the first time, it's not magically going to work doing it again. A lot of times when you retain a child, they get put back in the same or similar classroom doing the same or similar activities that didn't work the first time around. Doing the same thing and expecting a different outcome is not logical. Often there's a huge emotional toll on the child when they see their friends moving on and they get left behind. There's feelings of inadequacy. The kids don't really stay friends when they get held back because recess times are different. They lose those interactions in class that really connect them together. And then all of this leads to additional anxiety surrounding school and feeling like a failure. They already feel like they're working really hard and that it's still just not enough when they get held back a grade. So a lot of times my recommendation is no, don't hold them back a grade. Now, I do want to point out there are times that it can work. 
So for this episode, let's talk about some times where it can be beneficial to hold a child back a grade, and then also the questions that you need to consider before doing so. So with all of that said about the reasons it usually doesn't work, I'm going to lay out the reasons why it could work, because sometimes it does. It's not that it never works. There are definitely certain circumstances where retaining a child and holding them back a grade can help. One instance is if a child is really immature. I've seen this where the kiddo doesn't get along with anyone in their class because they're just a lot more babyish than their peers are. They don't really get the more mature jokes their classmates are making, and they have a really hard time making friends and connecting, and they genuinely like to connect with kids younger than them because that's just where their maturity is at. And sometimes these are the kids that also lack the awareness to even realize that they're being held back a grade because they don't quite understand grades and things like that anyway. So sometimes if a kid is like that and their maturity really has them already as an outlier in their class, sometimes it really is better to keep them with a younger group of kids. Another time I've seen it work is in multi-age classrooms. Oftentimes kids in multi-age classrooms don't even think about what grade they're in. They know that they're all mixed up and all the activities are differentiated by their skill more than their grade level anyway. And this removes a lot of the social pressure and feeling like they got left behind. So this is especially helpful if it's in a school full of multi-age classrooms where it's not just one grade that's multi-age, but maybe several grades in a row that are multiple ages, because then it's normal for some of the kids to move up a grade and some of them not, and some to stay in the same class and be in it again next year. And so a lot of times that can make it a much smoother transition if you do retain a child because they know that it's normal for only some of the kids to move up and other kids stay right where they are. So that can be really helpful and remove a lot of that social pressure that happens when a student doesn't get moved up. Another time where it can be less traumatic for a child to be retained a grade is if they change schools. There's a lot less social pressure because the other classmates have no idea what grade they should have been in. So unless the student says something or the student has an emotional response to knowing they've been held back, it's not as big of a deal because they aren't losing friendships They aren't making it where the other kids tease them because they didn't get to move up a grade. Because as much as we wish teasing didn't happen, it definitely does in all grades. And sometimes it's also more subtle and accidental teasing because six-year-olds just say exactly what's on their mind and say, hey, weren't you in so-and-so's class last year? Shouldn't you be in this other class? And they're not really doing it to be mean. They just are really observant and will point things out without thinking about social consequences. So if you're changing schools, that can take away a lot of the things that can kind of accidentally happen as social consequences if a child is held back a grade. Now, if a child's changing schools, sometimes that academic setting might be completely different. And for example, some schools around here don't teach phonics. And so if you were to change to another school that has really great phonics instruction in second grade and your child's supposed to be going into third grade, maybe going back and redoing second grade and getting the phonics instruction they never got could be extremely beneficial before moving on to third grade. And as the things get harder and harder, as the students get older, those really core foundational reading skills are pretty essential. So maybe it really is a complete change in instruction. And that is my next point. If the child is completely changing programs, there's going to be a totally different instructional program in place when they're being retained. That could also make a massive change to their progress. So if you're going to repeat a grade and just do the same thing over again, don't bother. But if you're going to repeat a grade but have a completely different system in place with better instruction and more comprehensive systematic phonics instruction or whatever it is that that student really needs, then that can be really beneficial. It is very different if a child is doing a different grade with totally different activities compared to doing the exact same grade all over again with the exact same activities. Another time that it can be very beneficial to repeat a grade is for medical reasons. 
So life happens, and sometimes grade retention is needed when life doesn't go to plan. So I've seen a couple different reasons. One was a car accident when a student had a traumatic brain injury. So that one really made a big difference in the child was a completely different human the following year. And that makes a difference. You know, life happens as much as we wish it didn't. But thank goodness for neuroplasticity, that child's brain magically rewired itself. And it's fantastic. It's so amazing. Then another reason might be cancer treatments. So if a child's really ill and going through cancer treatments, obviously that can affect their learning. And because, you know, living takes priority. And another reason might be complete vision changes like the restoration or loss of eyesight. That might significantly change the student's life. And so those might be other reasons that you might consider retaining a child a grade because it doesn't fall under the normal circumstances of what affects why that child did or didn't learn. These are things completely outside of school that life does affect a child's learning. So if you are considering retaining a child and holding them back a grade, there are definitely some questions that you should ask before doing so. And before I get into those questions, I'm really hoping you can't hear the buzzsaw next door. My neighbor became a pretty fantastic woodworker over the course of the pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere. And sometimes he does this for many, many hours. So uh, I'm just going to keep recording and cross my fingers. It doesn't come across too bad on the recording. Okay, so here are the questions you need to ask yourself or the educators in your life. What will be the difference between the instruction this year and next year? What will be the benefit of not moving on to the next grade? How does the student feel about it? One parent asked me if they should retain their child, and I said, go ask your kid, because that really is a major determining factor. If the student is completely resistant to the idea, next year will be a nightmare, because they will be bitter and angry. I'm not kidding. I've seen it happen. It's not pretty. Your mood can make a big difference in how you perform in life. So if you're bitter and angry, not a lot of information goes in. So asking the student how they feel about it is a massive factor in the decision. Will they feel better if the school day doesn't feel as hard as if they move on? Will they be excited or will they be upset? So make sure you ask them because their input matters. Even if they're a small child, it really does matter. A lot of times I say, you know, adults, you are the decision makers. It doesn't matter how they feel that their learning takes precedent. This is one of the situations where I've seen the kid's mood really have a drastic effect on the effectiveness or non-effectiveness of a child being retained. Then also ask, is there an alternative that you could do instead of retaining the child? Is there an intensive summer program they can do either at the school or with a tutor? Is there a tutor that you can set up for next year? Or maybe that summer tutor continues working with them into next year? Is there some additional support the school can provide next year instead of retaining them? So for example, last summer, I saw a couple kids five days a week, and that made a massive difference in how much progress we made when we did that much work over the summer. Doing such intensive summer work, we were able to make dramatic progress so the next school year wasn't nearly as bad as it possibly could have been. And then the last really important question is, what are the possible repercussions of this? What are the differences in friendships? What are the differences in schedules? Because sometimes kids are in a different schedule than their siblings. If they're in different grade levels, they get a school at different times and that kind of thing. Will that mess with your guys' schedule if you have to change things up a bit? Will the student be upset if they're repeating some of the same activities over again that they did last year? So really think about what are the main goals? What is the purpose of holding them back? And is holding them back going to meet that purpose? Are they really going to make more progress than they did before? What is going to change in order to make that progress? Because if the strategies they learned the first time didn't work, they're probably not going to work the next time. 
With that said, I've definitely seen a couple kids where the programming just went too fast. For example, I had kids in a reading group that I had to just drop a kid into a reading group because they joined us mid-year, and that group was way too fast-paced for them, but I didn't really have a better placement for them because they came in in the middle of the year. They'd missed too much of the foundational work we'd done the first six months of the year. And so sometimes repeating did help because the student was actually in too fast-paced of a group. So we were able to move them to a slower-paced group and get those foundational skills that they missed when they joined midway through the year. So that can definitely be a factor. If a student has joined in the middle of a school year, sometimes that really can help to repeat that grade because they'd never actually attended the entire school year of that grade level at that particular school. So that can definitely be another reason. So think about what are the repercussions and what is your ultimate goal? Will the changes happening next year meet that goal or will they still be behind by the time they finish that all over again? So let's recap our episode. Generally, I do not recommend retaining a child because repeating what doesn't work doesn't make it work magically the second time around. However, there are special situations where it can be successful, such as if a child has recently changed schools or will be changing schools, if a child is really immature, or if there is some other medical or life reason that prevented them from learning this year, that they really do have to redo it again this year. We also talked about some of those essential questions that you need to ask before deciding the best choice for the child, such as what are the changes going to be made to make this coming year more effective than the first time around? And what are going to be the consequences and the student buy-in? That's really the biggest factor is the student buy-in. Are they game for this plan? Because if they're against it, you're going on an uphill battle just from the beginning. You want to make sure that you're starting in a positive place with the student eager to go along with this plan so that it has the best chance for success. All right, that's it for this week. Thank you for forgiving my definitely not normal voice this week. I'm very happy that I'm on the mend, so I feel much better than I sound. And if you have any other requests for episodes, go ahead and send them my way. And you can always email me at lisa at parnelloeducation.com. And that's all for today. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you want to learn even more about dyslexia, check out parnelloeducation.com forward slash courses. See you next time.